Welcome to Dead Talk Live. I am your host, Viz. Our guests today are director Tyler McIntyre and writer Michael Kennedy, whose new film, It's a Wonderful Knife, is premiering today, November 10th, in theaters nationwide. Michael, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on this film, which, like I told you before, I really, really enjoyed. How are you guys doing today? Doing yeah. great. Much for yeah. having us. Oh, thank yeah, you for, for having us. Thank you for coming on here, and let's get right to it, Michael. Let's start with you. Uh, you wrote this film. What inspired you to take a Christmas classic like "It's a Wonderful Life" and make it into this fun, entertaining slasher horror film? Uh, there's a couple couple things. I uh, was looking to write a Christmas horror movie um, after Freaky. And in lockdown, I was I was wanting to write a Christmas movie. I was wanting to write something with a little bit of fantasy and happiness too. Um, so I started thinking about, you know, the way I worked on Freaky was taking an old comedy. So I started thinking like, what are some of these old Christmas movies that I could maybe play with? And I started thinking about how actually my dad loved It's a Wonderful Life. It mm -hmm. was his favorite movie. And I started just thinking about him and how that movie, how much that movie meant to him and our family. And he had passed away in 2018. So I started reminiscing about him and started reminiscing about my time on Freaky. I loved every aspect of making Freaky. Working with Chris Landon was a dream come true and just had such a great time on that film that I kind of wanted to play in the same space. Uh -huh. So then when I sat down to watch It's a Wonderful Life to kind of study it, even though I know it really well, I was like, yeah, I think this is a good template to make a fun, weirdly heartwarming slasher movie. You <laughs> know, I wanted it. Yeah, it worked weirdly. <laughs> now, Tyler, you're the director. Uh, at which point did you and Michael uh, hook up and you became the director of this project? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I met Michael like uh, a little bit after Freaky came out, uh, and uh, you know, because uh, I think people were drawing sort of parallels between a movie I made called Tragedy Girls and 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 Freaky, and they kind of had sort of similar kind of games going on, and that they're sort of um, you know kind of energetic slasher movies, and uh, and kind of sending up uh, different types of 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 you know genre expectations in that sense. Um, and but then um, you know, like uh, Michael had already written the script and 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 had been kind of working on it for a while, and had brought on Divide and Conquer. Um, who I knew a little bit, who are some of the producers who did like um, Megan and like that Black mm -hmm. Christmas uh, remake, and they worked together on Freaky. And uh, I've been sort of trying to find a project to do with with those guys, and then um, and Seth Kaplan as well, who is uh, one of the other um, kind of lead producers on it. And so, um, you know, uh, they uh, you know sent me the script and and uh, you know invited me to kind of um, you know uh, meet on it and. Uh, I just kind of fell in love with it. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that I write tends to be pretty cynical. And mm -hmm. so uh, I really, uh, you know, welcome the chance to do something that that had a um, a more sincere kind of heart to it. And and then kind of, you know, and there's something, you know, fun about trying to make a, a horror movie that kind of ends up in a positive place. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, no spoilers, I guess. But, um, but the, uh, <laughs> you know, there's like an uplifting element to it that, that um, I thought was a kind of a fun challenge to do with a horror story. And, um, and, uh, you know, it kind of would allow me to use certain, certain tools that I already had, but then also kind of build in, in other ways. And, and, um, and so we, we started working together and, and started sharp sharpening a lot of like the satire of it and, and, and kind of building out the sequences and kind of collaborating on the type of, 
you know, uh, performers we wanted. And then, um, you know, it, it, it led to, uh, you know, a, a pretty um, fun kind of collaboration over a couple of years. Absolutely. Now, Michael, Tyler made an interesting point. Uh, I mean, I personally believe if you're going to make a uh, holiday horror film, I think it should be exactly like It's a Wonderful Knife. It's fun. You don't want to be depressed and come out there <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. Now, you know, compared to It's a Wonderful Life, there are a lot of parallels to the It's a Wonderful Life to this film. What was one of the themes from It's a Wonderful Life that you wanted to grab with this film, build upon, and make it a, sort of the fun horror slasher movie type? Well, the the biggest thing is, you know, George Bailey doesn't see what his life is like or what the town of Bedford Falls is like without him until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing I knew I wanted to do different was really bring it essentially at the end of act one so that it could essentially lead you to the end of the movie. Yeah. And play in that world a little bit, you know, it's a wonderful life is mostly a life story that ends up in the place it ends up. And I didn't want it to be Winnie's life story. I wanted it to be really a moment in her, in time of her life of going from hero to really a tragic figure in a lot of ways. So I knew I wanted to make that the, like the centerpiece of the story in a much bigger way. Uh -huh. Um, and that also led me to some non it's a wonderful life stuff where we then got to upend like the you know the slasher convention that kind of started with scream where like you have a kill in the first 10 minutes and you don't find out who the killer is until about two hours later so we got to end up upend that by you know we reveal the killer in the first 15 minutes of the movie which is mm -hmm. different and it, the first 15 minutes almost plays like a mini slasher movie um, so those were like the two biggest things I was really excited to like kind of tweak and toy with and make my own. And kudos to that because that threw me off too. I'm a lifelong horror fan. And when I saw that and I'm like, that came up even before the title of the film popped up. So, yeah, so and, what's know, going on here? So yeah, that, it's fun because it kind of plays with your expectations a little bit. Then you don't kind of know where you're going to be going. And then I've also seen a lot of people who haven't seen the movie yet being like, they spoil who the killer is in the trailer. And I'm like, just wait till you watch the movie. It's exactly. Like, you don't know. You haven't seen yeah. any of it yet. Now, yeah. Ty Tyler, let's talk about the killer's costume. Uh, great. Simple, but very creepy. The White Angel uh brilliant um was it a collaboration between you and michael how did you guys settle on the killer's look yeah yeah there there was some cues in the in the um uh, like the idea of having like an all-white killer uh that is an angel and kind of like bringing a little bit of that imagery kind of to it um was was in the script and then kind of figuring out like well what does that mean you know like it was was a bit of a um you know took, took some doing and so we um we worked uh you know to uh, look at a lot of references and stuff like that trying to figure out um you know, but we essentially settled on the idea that like he's kind of a little bit like a like like an angel tree topper, you know, mm -hmm. like those yeah. types of things. And um, and then figuring out like because a lot of those have especially the vintage ones have these kind of porcelain faces that are featureless, and and they're kind of eerie, you know, yeah. like uh, like when they're kind of in the darkness, you know, kind of, you know. Um, so we we started kind of drilling down on that and. And then started working with with um, our production designer uh, Tiana and and Matea, who was our costume designer, and to try and figure out like, well, how do we kind of do this? And and it became pretty apparent that we 
that this, even though he's an angel, he shouldn't have wings, uh, you know, because he'd be, he'd be like sort of like a cape, <laughs> incredible, to, like get caught on stuff. Yeah. And so uh, we ended up, uh, you know, because the type of stunts in the movie, he, he sort of should be lean and quick. And um, and uh, and so we ended up um, trying a bunch of different materials and then and kind of settling on this sort of shape that kind of has like a like a hooded figure shape that's like, you know, reminiscent of something like like Scream or, you know, I know he did last yeah. summer because like we don't know he was like too big. And um and then uh and then we ended up being able to incorporate the wings into like the knife design. It has this very like ornate kind of dagger to it. Um and it has these kind of winged this winged hilt which is um kind of made you know itself into a lot of the marketing. And then we were able to work with um uh like the uh, the fabrication uh place for the on the in the props for making like the mask um in a way that um you know it still kind of had this shiny white surface. But like the hero version of that was like extremely difficult, if not impossible, to see through. Yeah. And so, so we, so the stunt uh, people often had to kind of like coordinate things in a way that, um, that they could sort of learn the the moves kind of blind, and then and then uh, you know re rehearse it, and knowing that their visibility would be reduced. And then we had certain moments where we would like add the or erase the eyes digitally and things like that. But it was, um, uh, you know, trying to kind of. Um, you know, a lot of people had a lot of, you know, good ideas and, and it was a bit of a group effort, but I'm glad we kind of landed into um, a place that, you know, I think a lot of the marketing is taking a cue from it and then people seem to be responding to it really well. Exactly. A featureless face. It's simple, but it's still very, very creepy. Like an emotionless face. Uh, a good example is the Michael Myers mask. It's devoid of all emotion, but yet it's very, very creepy. Now, Michael, at any point during the writing of this script, because this film does lean on It's a Wonderful Life, were you afraid of any negative pushback uh, from touching up uh, a beloved American classic uh, Christmas movie at all? No, you know, I mean, I expect people, you know, I know some people just won't like what we're doing. Just, you know, they they don't have a taste for yeah. kind of movies, which is fine with me. And I didn't get any pushback from anyone we worked with on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I expect people to kind of either love it or hate it, quite frankly. I think, you know, I think Freaky's success was a little unexpected, quite frankly. Like Chris and I honestly didn't expect the the reaction we got to that from yeah. people. Um, so yeah, I'm okay with any pushback. Mm -hmm. I actually like it's anyone fun. talking yeah. about yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I like people just talking about the movie. Exactly. You know? I think it's yeah. great. Now, uh, Tyler, Jane went up. Uh, Just McLeod are the two main leads. Uh, they had really good on-screen chemistry with each other. What stood out for you in their auditions that made you say, as a director, okay, this is Winnie and Bernie? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, uh, Winnie was a lot easier to find than Bernie. Like, like uh, essentially, we found uh, Jane Whitup quite early. Like, uh, like you know, they were on a list of, of of kind of performers that I sort of was hoping to work with on something eventually, because uh, I'd seen them in Yellow Jackets, and they had mm -hmm. a really kind of fun sort of part in that first season. And then, uh, uh, then we, we were so we were making kind of these long lists, and 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 um, and then uh, kind of reaching out to to a very small number of, of performers to see if they you know read for it. And then Jane did just a, trem a tremendous like um, read of, of the, the kind of the first scene where their character ends up in this magical uh, world, and uh, we uh, you know we kind of thought that like oh well that's like a good performance because they seem to really understand that um, you know it, it it's emotional but it's not it's not too. Um, too serious and 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 like got the comedy of it and um it was just very easy to track and so we kind of decided like well let's just commit to jane and and after we met them that that seemed like a, a really kind of obvious 
choice and then we're able to kind of build the younger cast kind of around them but then it yeah. took a lot longer to find bernie like once we kind of had dates and everything like that um you know we were looking like on both sides of the border because we shot in vancouver canada and so so we were looking in in america at maybe bringing somebody in as well as vancouver local and um you know considered like hundreds i mean i watched you know probably 500 tapes and and and, and a lot of di you know different uh you know reads on it and and you know like researched a lot of people and um and then uh you know uh jess mcleod had a really strong read but just a very strange kind of energy to to them you know mm -hmm. uh just a very uh you know like uh like doesn't seem super strange uh like at a glance but then once they start talking they they yeah. were brought in a lot very quick kind of verbal bursts and, and and this sort of like innate kind of awkwardness and like making dialogue that was not awkward really awkward and, and it was just like a very fun kind of um sort of uh self-conscious kind of uh like approach to it in a way that that um that uh, you know we hadn't really thought of the character and then and then once i kind of met them i i was like oh like this energy is going to complement uh, what jane's bringing because like jane is so like straight you know like and and has this um, kind of certainty to them and, and stuff and kind of a breeziness to them. And um, and then once we got them in, in a room and started kind of, uh, you know, doing, doing uh, you know, rehearsal uh, and kind of going through the key scenes, it kind of became apparent they're like, oh, this is going to work. Yeah. You know, like, and, and they have a little bit more sizzle than we were anticipating. Um, and so, so like a lot of the kind of subtle stuff we were, we were um, kind of working on became more explicit and they really became kind of fast friends and 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 would had a ton of ideas and were very supportive of each other and and so like during the production it really kind of changed the shape of like the movie itself now michael uh i loved what you did with bernie's character in the end we, we're not going to give any spoilers out but the way her character ends up uh so on was i have to ask you people don't understand what this question's about until they watch the movie hopefully they'll come back and watch this interview to see your answer <laughs> but was that your original ending for Bernie, or did you change that? Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say without spoiling anything. But everything that happens with Bernie was the plan. Okay. And then as Tyler just spoke, we found the other element that happens at the end with her and Winnie. Yeah. During filming. Okay. Okay, that, that makes, makes sense. that makes sense to me. I've seen it. So guys, <laughs> it'll, make, it'll make a lot like... of sense to you guys when you come back and watch this after you see the movie. Now, Tyler, Justin Long, the antagonist, versatile actor, longtime actor. Uh man, you guys with the makeup, you really get made him look different <laughs> with the teeth and, and, and the look. Uh and his versatility as an actor really comes through. What were your thoughts of his portrayal? as the antagonist in this film, which fans are not really used to seeing him in the antagonist role. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of hoping to go a bit big with the with the villain, you know, like, and and so we, we considered a lot, I mean, we, Justin was kind of, you know, in the discussion early on, but like, it took us a long time to figure out like when we were shooting and like, you know, uh, uh, who would be best for it. And we went through a lot of different iterations of that character. Sometimes he was older, sometimes he was younger, sometimes uh, we tried a, few, a couple drafts where where, he, where um, that character was female, and 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 you know it took us a long time, and eventually circled back around to Justin. You know um, when the availability kind of um, became apparent, and after we'd sort of established his younger brother uh, Sean uh, Deppner, uh, uh, and so it ended up kind of being uh, um, sort of working out because Justin was already in town, kind of shooting goosebumps, and so we were able to sort of work mm -hmm. things around his schedule. But um, yeah, like he came in with very very strong ideas. Um, I think because he has a um, 
you know, like like he's cursed with this, like, you know, boy next door, good looks, you know, that he yeah. just can't shake. And uh, and he, um, you know, I think uh, is getting to the point where, like, you know, he could embrace those kind of like, you know, different kind of, um, you know, middle aged actor looks. And um, and uh, as we talked a lot about, um, you know, like, the, you know, like a uh, Michael Douglas from Wall Street sort of sort of jerk, but like, you know, kind of that, that uh, like a small town version of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and we were taking a cue from like kind of like, you know, the you know, like the, like the Hallmark villain plots, you know, like the idea of, of like, uh, of like, you know, it's always like a real estate scheme of some sort, you know, like, and things like that, that are like, you know, trying to, um, so kind of moving these ideas around and then, and then talking a lot about, um, this sort of like, uh, kind of artifice this character has. And a lot of the ideas about like how he looks kind of came from that, like, you know, kind of a spray tan sort of thing. Like we weren't trying to get too Trumpy with it, but you know, like, like, uh, he has this very well quaffed kind of hair and like, um, the you bright know, teeth. Yeah, yeah, and, and like blue, blue eyes, and like you're so used to seeing Justin with with dark with dark eyes. And yeah. So even in real life, like with blue contacts, it's like whoa, you know, like it's it's a tough, uh, you know, it, it's nothing to get used to. Um, and so then he had like a very specific voice that he was working on and stuff like that. And so we just like for me as a director it was more about trying to you know uh, shape the, the the you know the kind of found of good ideas that that he was kind of bringing to the table and making sure that it didn't kind of you know, not sort of the tone of the, of the film, but, but thankfully we're kind of, you know, we had a big ceiling because of um, uh, the type of, you know, kind of supernatural movie it is. Exactly. exactly. Michael, were you happy with how Justin Long's character at the end on the final take, when you saw the final product on how yeah. he came through on the screen? Yeah. I, I remember uh, I, I really was thrilled and I, I, you know, no, now I'm like, there's no one else that could have done this. Yeah. Um, no one else. I don't think would have, would have attempted it, you know, when he first was pitching us the idea of doing this unfettered capitalist asshole with a touch of preacher quality to him with the look of Joel Osteen. Yeah. I'm sure if you're familiar with Joel yeah, Osteen yeah. It was kind of his, his, uh, his template. I remember being like, what the fuck is he like talking about? <laughs> and when I like heard the Joel Osteen part, like when I heard that part, I knew exactly what he was going for. Uh-huh. Um, and it comes across really well. I, I've seen a ton of reviews just calling out his performance as being like fascinatingly unhinged in all the best ways. Um, so yeah, it was definitely something I never expected, but now I couldn't imagine the movie without it. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Tyler, what I thought one of the biggest character uh, differentials between the two realities was the mother, Judy Carruthers. Uh vastly different between the two realities um is that how you wanted it uh and she did a great job portraying both realities uh why was that character altered so much and so affected by the events of the film yeah i mean well i mean no no spoilers but like essentially they've gone through a loss like mm -hmm. and and so when they encounter their their parents uh or uh when um yeah, when uh, when we encounter Winnie's parents in the alternate reality, like they've both uh, been through a, a fair amount of tragedy. Like the town itself has has been through a lot of tragedy, and so we kind of have these discussions about like how, um, you know, where is every character like in the in the in the kind of good world and the bad world? And that was a discussion I had with every actor, like kind of like what elements are changing, you know, like and some people are a little bit, you know, um, kind of like the shadow versions of themselves, and and uh, then like Bernie's in the center, where it, kind of the same in both places, you know, like and uh, and it has it's unchanged by this, but like is you know even kind of fighting the good fight and and 
you know, just people are not are, are you know winning season the one reality now that you now that um, has perspective. And but whereas Judy, like definitely, like Aaron Boyce came in with a lot of ideas of of like in this very dark place, like you just kind of ha- happened to catch her in the middle of a drunk stupor. Like it's it, it's it's a very um, kind of fun space to be in, and and I think kind of the opposite of what of what Aaron's often asked to do. And 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 that was you know a big thing that we were trying to do is like we're trying to use. Joel McHale against type, you know, and yeah. um, and, uh, you know, like a, just along a bit against type and and trying to give those opportunities to to actors who who, who you make, you know, maybe kind of fun to play other ways. And uh, and, and I think, um, you know, Aaron's a good example of somebody who who like came in with a ton of ideas about how to do it and, and what the light and dark versions of this look like. Yeah. And, and it, you know, um, you know, like did a lot of the, the pre work um, and then it was just easy to kind of slot in and, and, and work with the with the ensemble we were building. I want to thank you guys so much. For our audience, the movie is called It's a Wonderful Knife. Now, it is a Shutter original, but it is premiering today, November 10th, in theaters uh, nationwide. Yeah, it's in a thousand screens. Yeah, it's, it's nationwide. So yeah. check your local listing. This is a fun, fun slasher holiday film. You will definitely love this film. I want to thank our guest, director Tyler McIntyre, writer michael kennedy for coming on here and sharing just a little bit about their experience uh guys i wish you the best of luck with the film i want to thank our audience thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of michael tyler and myself stay safe and stay walking bye everybody